You're listening to episode 277 of the Major Issues Podcast. In it, we celebrate the 15-year anniversary of I Kill Giants with a review of both the book and the film. The Major Issues Podcast starts right now. everybody out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason that's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you each and every week by comicbookclick.com and as always i am never alone sir can you please introduce yourself it is the return of b roke aka alex thank you so much thank you so much for having me back on It's, it's been way too long it, there has been a seat at the table for you, B. Roke, and there always will be one, but I am glad that you are here. You are in good health and ready to do what we do best. Talk about good books. Damn um, right, Tribal Chief. That's it, baby. We the ones. <laughs> no, you, you the Tribal Chief. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the good Usos. That's it, baby. Part of the bloodline. That's all we need. That's all we need. They're going to acknowledge us one day. It's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. <laughs> It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, I, so we, uh, a little bit of the background of what we do here as part of the major issues podcast, we try, um, every quarter to plan out about three months worth of content. Um, we, and we try to plan this stuff out around release dates for books, release dates for movies, um, anniversaries and stuff. And sometimes, uh, we pull out some pretty obscure things. One of the things we were supposed to tackle a couple weeks ago, but my co-host uh, wasn't feeling well, is Bulletproof Monk, which I did not know was a graphic novel. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a graphic novel. It's a film. It's also celebrating an anniversary this year. I want to say 20-year anniversary of the film. Um, and, yeah, so part of the fun is discovering things that I didn't know existed, that I didn't have time for, or I was in a different headspace when it came out. And... I was turned on to this book, I Killed Giants, which came out in 2008. It was celebrating the 15-year anniversary of that. And then uh, 10 years after the book comes out, a film comes out. Um, feature film comes out with people that I know. <laughs> and, I was, and I was really bugging out about um, not only was this seven-issue story so impactful and so inspiring that everywhere I looked, people were praising it. but there was also an entire feature film that people were saying was incredibly faithful to the source material. Um, what I love when we have our conversations is that you spend a lot of your time and have spent a lot of your time in comic book stores. Can you remember the buzz around this book, whether or not there was one? Was this one of the ones that had to finish before people were talking about it? How did you find out about I Kill Giants? Um, this was definitely one that um, hit hit stride when the trade came out. Um, okay. Image, image, especially early image. I mean, because now in the in those early to mid two thousands, you know, when when image was really hitting its stride with books like Walking Dead, um, uh, Invincible, stuff like that, and then yeah. these other shorter stories were coming out. A lot of people trade waited. You know what I mean? Um, like even like Walking Dead, you know, Robert Kirkman thought 
the book wouldn't make it, you know, six to 12 issues. It's one of the yeah. reasons why he killed off so many prominent characters. <laughs> right in the beginning. <laughs> right in the beginning. Um, so so a lot of people trade weighted. So this was not it was it wasn't far fetched for people to go, oh, this I kill giants thing. I like the people who are working on it, but I'm mm. gonna wait for it to be done and I'm gonna get the trade. Right. So right when the right around the time that the trade came out, I remember people saying, Hey man, you gotta read this book. Mm-hmm. And I said, sure. You know, it's it's a nice little trade. I think at the time it was like $14.99. No problem. Mm-hmm. And then I see the name on the cover. Friend of yours. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, everybody, everybody out there, if you love a character, he's not he's not that well known. He may you may or may not have heard of him. He's called Deadpool. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. He's right. not he's not he's not that popular. You know, he was he was in he was in a movie where they just totally butchered him. And I don't know yes, if they've, <laughs> I don't know if they I don't know if they've done anything with him since then. I've been a, I've been under a rock. Out. Yeah, I think they yeah, thrown I, him I, out. I think he showed up in a comp in a video game in a fighting video game one time. Yeah, one, no, one but, or but two. yeah, one or two. You know, uh, but no, um, this man's name is Joe Kelly, and if you love Deadpool, he is the reason. It, I, I, I'm going to say he is the reason people love Deadpool. Um, prior to Joe Kelly writing his Deadpool run in, uh, I, I can't remember the year. I think it was like 2000, not even, I think it was 99 or 2000. Um, prior to that, you know, Deadpool had only shown up in a couple of issues of New Mutants and X-Force. Mm-hmm. And then he had a four issue miniseries, um, all of which were done, I'm pretty sure, by Fabian Nischieza and Rob Liefeld. Okay, but then once once Joe Kelly got a hold of him, Joe Kelly just just looked at this character and said, "Okay, let's have this guy breaking the fourth wall. Let's guy let's have this guy talking to himself. Um, let's make him this this villain who wants to be a hero but cannot do it." And that's really where you get the Deadpool that everybody knows and loves. Right. So considering how popular this character is, yes, everyone out there, I am aware of the fact that he has <laughs> two major motion pictures starting at everybody's favorite, Ryan Reynolds, yep, and yep. a soon-to-be third movie where he was able to get Hugh Jackman to come back. So even I'm excited for that. Crazy. Yeah, it's, it's going to be insane. I, I really have high hopes for that movie. I, it, it'll hopefully, once it comes out, rejuvenate the the comic book movie and, and um going because yeah that's a, that's a conversation for another day but right now <laughs> it's we're at a lull guys we're at a lull we yeah. we're spoiled we're spoiled we're spoiled we're yeah. spoiled yeah, we're so we spoiled we're so spoiled but yeah I, I it's it's kind of hard to argue that it's just a spoiled thing when the last bunch of movies that have come out really have not hit that note. Even I could admit that. Even I, I mean, Love and Thunder, Quantum Mania, yeah. everybody's favorite, Morbin Time. <laughs> well, um, um, actually, I want to say it was James Gunn, who you know is trying to flesh out DC at the moment. He had um, something pretty interesting to say where he says he does believe that superhero fatigue is a thing, but he thinks that it happens when we lose sight of what stories we're actually trying to tell. Once it becomes just mindless noise and lasers and, you know, and, and this joke and this cameo, if it doesn't have heart, if it doesn't have a story, you really will forget about it. It really will become numbing to you because you've seen this formula so many times. You Definitely. Know, if, you're not, if you're not coming at it with something new, which I, I'm often with, like, similarly, 
some of the best comic book stuff, including this story, has invoked actual feeling from me. And that's kind of the high I've been chasing, you know, while I read. I'm looking for that. And so I can appreciate the surface level stuff. I can appreciate the humorous stuff. I can appreciate all that kind of stuff. But the stuff that's able to take the medium into another level and like almost put on its adult shoes, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, wow, we're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff here. Um, that's the stuff that really uh, opens up my mind. I, Sandman comes to mind, stuff like that, right? Um, you, you were just talking. And sometimes it just takes a writer taking on a character to bring them to that height. And you were just talking about Joe Kelly. It says that um, he started on Deadpool in 97. Uh, and wow. it, was supposed, it was supposed to be canceled with number 25, but a write-in in the internet campaign by fans led Marvel to reverse the decision. That's how beloved he was and that that run was. Um, he eventually would, would leave the title in 1999, but yeah, he he's accredited for giving Deadpool the flair that we know. And there's a bit of that here. It's a bit of that attitude. There's a bit of that talking oh, back to smart, smart, smart Alec. He uh, stuff with our protagonist, Barbara. Um, but you find out Joe Kelly's on the book, and is it an instant sell? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I looked at it. I was like, what the hell is this on the cover? And then I see the name. It has this, the art style by, I believe his name is uh, David Nakamura. Um, is is Has that, you know, that manga anime influence. And I'm like, oh, I got I got to pick this up. And for that price tag, heck yeah. And It's a, it's a Ken Nimura. Ken Nimura, I'm sorry, my bad, my, my bad, Mister Nimura, my my apologies. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, I mean, and then it's like you just said, it's an incredibly deep, but yet brisk read. Like you can read yeah. this in 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 a twenty minute sitting, but yeah. it hits you so hard, and then you read it again, and you're like, oh my god, and like this this has been a a story. That I've I've numerous times have handed it out to people who go I don't read comic books oh I don't read that stuff that's not for me I say well read this and I guarantee you it's going to change your it's going to change your perspective on this medium yeah. and I want to say nine times out of ten it does which is why I'm not surprised I couldn't find my uh, my <laughs> my, <laughs> my, <laughs> I, my how do you physical say my, my physical my physical copy I I I, I you know I. My my bookshelves are beautifully organized, and I'm looking through, looking through. I'm like, oh my god, did I lend it out again, or did I put it in a box? You know, did it fall <laughs> apart on me? Right, right. You know what I mean? I'm like, holy crap! And I could have swore even this past Christmas, I thought I did buy another copy because it did. They did re-release it not so long ago in in this beautiful hard copy, hardcover yes. copy that I thought I wanted to pick up, but apparently I didn't. But no. So this, when I picked this up, it was it was a no brainer to pick up, and honestly, it's. It's just it's one of those stories that I can constantly go back to. And like I said, you hand this to someone who has never read a comic book or a graphic novel, and I guarantee you they're going to come out of it at least appreciating that story and more than likely be willing to go, well, all right, don't hand me some Spider-Man or don't hand me some Avengers thing or something like that, but give me something else like this and I'll keep reading these things. Yeah, it's 
when something becomes so uh, popular in pop culture, you literally can learn and know about things without ever experiencing them. And you can also make up your mind about things. I've never seen a single episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. But in my mind, I pretty much think I know what the show is about. And I think there's a whole host of people who may not have ever read a comic book, but they vaguely know a certain hero or a certain team or a certain storyline. And if it's not their cup of tea, then there's no reason to read comics in their mind because they believe comics can only be one thing. Um, I think that coming into this with as little knowledge as I had with it was the best possible thing. Even knowing that there was a film, all I ever knew was that poster. So um, I was going to tell you this off air, but on air is way better. I thought this was going to be like a, like a, like fantasy tale. I thought this was going to be straight up, like a little girl, you know, uh, you know, like almost like a Ray Skywalker, you know, uh, uh, who's been, you know, whose job it is, or eventually she will become the one to help save her town or her, you know, her universe by taking down these giants, right? Felt pretty standard. And so when you go in with that mindset, and I'm kind of like trying to figure things out, I think you nailed it by saying that the second read is way more impactful because you you i think you take the first read at face value a lot of things that are being said you don't know who to believe it's it's all from your uh from the protagonist and at one point we do end up realizing that the protagonist might be a bit i mean the protagonist might be a little bit of an unreliable narrator but you're going in fully willing to believe anything because it is a comic book you know these things crazier things have happened Mm. um as I stopped, I want to say at four, I was reading it through the night, but I was getting tired. Um, I stopped at four and I just remember, like, I remember uh, cliffhangers and, and certain moments and certain panels just stuck in my head. I couldn't wait the next day after work <laughs> to come home and finish it. And then I told a friend about it. I was like, yo, I'm reading this book. And he's like, oh my God, I love that book. He's like, I, I that's, I, I love it. Let me know when, you know, you're putting the episode out and stuff. So this has a level of admiration from the readers who've, you know, uh, carried it over and, and like you said, shared it word of mouth. But I cannot implore those who are possibly listening to this episode and have not read it yet. If you have not read it yet, we're about to get fully into spoilers with our recap and review. So um, I suggest going through your own experience of reading it first. If you'd like to, even afterwards, um, I Kill Giants is available for free as of recording on Tubi, it just has ads. I believe it's also free on Pluto TV, which is a, an additional app with ads. So consider uh, checking out the film as well, because I think. Oh, it's and if you do pay for Amazon, if you if you if you do pay for Amazon Prime, it's on it's on that. It's on that too. Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, I guess real quick, what, what did you think of the film? The film, um, considering the budget, which you can tell there was. A lack thereof yeah um it, it, like you said earlier it's a it's a wonderfully faithful adaptation yeah. i i got to do a how do you say, um kind of like a, a table discussion about it with yeah. joe kelly which was oh, a lot wow. of fun and all of us like you, you kind of go into those things hoping to discuss well why don't you do this or why don't you do this why don't you do this and it was it was more like a praise circle about like how <laughs> faithful it just was 
and it was just like nitpicky nitpicky things like well I, we wish we could have seen this we wish we could have seen this or right. we wish we could have gotten more out of this but for the most part it's it's a very very faithful adaptation yeah um and it's you know we haven't gotten into the spoilers of it all but i think that's one of the reasons why you almost didn't hear about it yeah. you know i don't i don't i don't re- honestly i don't remember it being in theaters because this remember they came out during covid yeah well no this film Ocesar was released in uh march 23rd 2018 but let me see what if it like made money or any of that kind of stuff uh i'm not getting anything <laughs> it just says uh united states released march 23rd 2018 but it made a box office of less than half a million dollars so maybe it was a limited film release that could have been it as well if we didn't if you didn't hear about it or if you didn't hear many people saying that they came back from seeing yeah it. it was right it was very it was it must have been like very limited but then i remember being able to see it on prime almost instantly uh-huh was that exciting yeah <laughs> uh, yeah yeah heck yeah i was i didn't care i was i was like i want to see it i want to see it you know um yeah so and I mean, look, it started. It started. Gamora herself was in it. So we saw that. Yeah, yeah. I was bugging for some reason in my head. I had it in my mind that Rosario Dawson was in the film. I don't know why. I just added it. Oh, wow. So I saw Zoe. I was like, oh no, yeah, it was you. It was you. This yeah, time. yeah, yeah. And a lot of other faces that you recognize. Like as you're watching it, you're like, oh wow, this this person's this person's in it, you know. And even yeah. the girl who plays Barbara, you know, I thought she did a very good job. Initially, I thought she was a little old. By the end, I'm sold. By yes. certain moments in the film, I wouldn't even say I had to wait till the end. At certain moments in the film, I'm just like, oh, yeah, now nah, they nailed it. Um, all right. So I am. we're going to go ahead and get into our full recap and review of I Kill Giants. Uh, again, if you have not seen it, I would suggest going ahead and re- check, seeking out the book and then uh, watching the film. But let's get into it. Let's do it. So I Kill Giants is an American comic book limited series published by Image Comics beginning in 2008. The comic was created by writer Joe Kelly and artist J.M. Ken Nimora and features Barbara Thorson, a girl struggling with life by escaping into a fantasy life of magic and monsters. Our story begins with a voiceover of a young girl speaking of fallen heroes, darkness, and the lone rider sworn to defeat the evils with her trusty weapon. After accidentally pricking her finger, we see our protagonist, Barbara Thorson, use her blood to mark a heart-shaped case with a rune that means giant in Norse mythology before saying a prayer of protection. So, like, one thing is clear, regardless of whether or not any of this is real, Barbara's super into this. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and it's a comic book. So instantly, yeah. kind of like he said before, you're instantly drawn in like, oh, snap, like, who is this little girl? What crazy fantasy stuff is she a part of? Yeah, you know, and you, 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 especially anybody who's like you read this now, with with how f- much fantasy and anime is out there. Like yeah. the way it starts, it made me it made me feel like I was watching a character on, on My Hero Academia. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, like so. Oh, or this even is, this the beginning the, of Airbender, right? Where like the, there was the four tribes or whatever, like she's, right, exactly. She's narrating exactly. the beginning so, of the story. So you're yeah. you're totally hooked in in this very beginning, like yo, this little girl's doing a blood sacrifice, and yes. she's and she's and she's creating this bag. Like, what is going on? Like, yo, when is the when is this gonna hit the fan? Like, oh, we're, we're getting into it already. Yeah, yeah. Um. So we then cut to Barbara at school during career day. 
and she doesn't seem too interested in studying or even talking to any of the parents. Uh, she gets into a back and forth with one of the parents um, where she says that she kills giants and she doesn't really have time to listen to their BS, basically. Um, and she's sent to the principal. The principal warns her that she needs to stop arguing with teachers and stop with all the giant nonsense. Um, when she continues to be defiant, he gives her a week of detention. So we see that she's a bit of a troublemaker. Um, this is something I noticed on the second read that she's on the bus and she sees a group of girls hanging out with each other and she kind of looks at them like longingly. Like you can tell she would want to be part of that conversation or want to, you know, have that kind of social interaction. But she just keeps her nose into her book. She goes back into her little hole. Um, and, it, and it stinks because you, you don't. You're, you're 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 thinking okay this is just a classic hero's journey right you know yeah. she doesn't fit in she's she's part of this other world and mm -hmm. again as comic book readers we're reading this like yo she's yeah she's she is she from middle earth you know what <laughs> right, i mean like, right. yeah, like who yeah. is she you know is and her then you great also, grandfather you, the actual thor she's thorson that's the last name <laughs> yeah. there you go there you go there you go and also i mean j j for for everybody out there who, who has who has no idea what this looks like this this girl dresses with bunny ears like giant yes. bunny ears she's got like really big glasses and you, you you can just tell she just doesn't fit in in that sense because this I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're, they're they're either like middle schoolers or like like freshmen in high school yeah, you know yeah and I this is a, and this yeah this is and this is a very very small town so it's very believable that all these kids would possibly go to like one or two schools because mm -hmm. as you see later like there are there are much bigger kids in the in the school so you're like oh man this this town is small so yeah it's believable that they would all go to the, the, the they'll all go to the same school and barbara just doesn't fit in she just doesn't fit in but why doesn't she fit in you know is right. she part of this 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 outside realm you know and in this instance she's almost seemingly to choose not to fit in like she sees right. another group but she chooses not to engage with them but this is like you said before this is peter parker right this is you know like mm -hmm. okay maybe she's just going through the motions here um so she ends up getting home and instantly starts to fear that she's home all alone. Worse, she fears that she's alone with some sort of horror that's upstairs that we're unaware of. Luckily for Barbara, her older sister Karen arrives with the groceries. There seems to be no other adults around and we see Karen prepare dinner for her younger siblings and some of their friends. And they, they are playing slash fighting over Dungeons and Dragons. The fight gets a bit intense, so Barbara goes outside and try as she might. Her sister isn't able to give her the pep talk her little sister needs. As Karen leaves, we are shown the world as Barb sees it, full of fantastic and magical creatures all inside of her head. She lays in the grass and calls everybody else crazy as she drifts into her own imagination. And that scene with Karen was heartbreaking. Because you could tell that she wants to comfort her little sister. Mm -hmm. There is seemingly some something hanging heavy over this family. You get that sense from the very beginning. Um, but can't. Um, have you ever been in a situation like that where you've wanted to confide, uh, you know, help somebody through something or sort of, you know, give a bit of a pep talk and just never, I couldn't find the words at the time? Oh, big time. I mean, I come from a, a large family. I used to be a teacher. And I was even in law enforcement for a little while. Right. And so in all those situations, you constantly find yourself in in moments where it's like, all right, I, I, I'm in a situation where I can help somebody, but how do I help this person? Am I overstepping a boundary? Right. 
you know so so and then it, this being this familial situation that you're 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 outside looking in you immediately recognize like it, it, i come from a big family so i could see it you know you're like oh man yeah. there's just so much going on you know the the, the sisters showing up showing up um you know, with all the groceries very at the last minute, you know, um, yeah, rushing, Barbara, yeah. Barbara, Barbara seems to be some kind of latchkey kid because she comes home and she's all alone and she has that dread. Like, I'm all alone in the house. Yeah. You know, her eyes, her eyes get all big, you know, and she looks upstairs in this ominous way. And, and that's kind of like leading into what this whole story is about. But you don't know. You don't know. like What the, what the heck is she freaking out about? Yeah. You know, this is a girl who 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 is fearless in front of all her peers and happy to be teachers, principals, teachers, <laughs> principals, you know, yeah. very comfortable just telling people, yo, I killed giants. Yep. I got this, I got this, this ultimate weapon in my little bag here. Yeah. But yet when she gets home, she's in absolute fear and dread of a set of stairs. Yeah. So it's, it's so weird how, you know, it, when it, it it's, Way you to be when you're around people, how you can put up a front, right? You're just, you're just this pillar of strength, and then when you're by yourself, here you are this this person who is in fear of what, from our perspective, is absolutely nothing. It's all in her head, yeah. you know. But then, the, and then that the the family situation happens, and all her siblings come home, and sister comes home, and they all start cooking this side and third. And even in her home, you can see just like at school, she doesn't fit in. She doesn't right. fit in, and to the yeah. point where no one even knows how to address her. Yeah, yeah, I it's a hundred percent that. And then even with Karen, you, what you were talking about before about being a teacher, at, uh, you know, a law enforcement, a parent. It's the true definition of an intervention, right? Like it's a true definition of coming into a situation and possibly being a catalyst of change. Um, but to do so takes a level of vulnerability, and I think that Karen in this moment believe she needs to be more stern than be vulnerable because she's hanging on by a thread. We're going to find that out later on, but she's hanging out. She's hanging yep. on by a very, very thin thread. And I've been that sibling, you know, I've been that, that person trying to hold everything together. And sometimes you don't have the emotional energy to be everywhere at once, you know, or, or say all the right things at once. And you got to gear up for the next battle tomorrow. Because tomorrow's a whole nother, a whole nother set of challenges and obstacles and all that kind of stuff. Um, right. But seeing her call everybody crazy and then look to see pixies and and elves and dwarves. Right, right. And we still don't, we still don't know. Like, what is this? You know, yeah. from our perspective, for the way it looks, like, okay, this is legit. Yeah. Right. You know, yes. this, again, this is a comic book. She uh, suddenly these pixies show up. There's all these um, what look like look like art spirits come to life yeah you know this very much looks like something out of like you just said uh like something out of avatar right you know um so it's like okay so this girl this is why she doesn't get along with everybody she's not of this world yeah she's, she's, she's truly she's, tapping she, into or can see a whole nother plane of existence right so yeah of course she's gonna think that all these people are crazy this this girl doesn't belong here and that's yeah. where the first issue ends. Like, yeah, of yeah. course they're all crazy because they don't understand what you can see. Exactly. Um, so our next issue opens with Barbara doing another prayer in her makeshift tent under a table in the basement. She calls out to her weapon, Kovaleski, and sets up some bait for giants using garbage. Um, she becomes – see, I didn't realize, like, it's more uh, elicited, I guess, in the film. That is just – it really is just 
tra- trash. It's garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, she becomes startled when a girl introduces herself as Sophia and quickly runs off when Sophia asks what the traps are for. Um, I love this meet cute, I guess you would call it. I love this interaction because she's like so in her head. She's so like, you know, and she's, she's, she seemingly has been alone at this for long enough to not even realize when somebody's near her. Right. Like she just closes the entire world out. And this smile, this little girl, Sophia just peers through or breaks through the facade of all of it. And in, for an instance, like you just said, big, bad Barbara is like, giddy and intimidated and nervous and all those things so she just yeah like, yeah. Home. yeah she even yeah. she even like whispers at her like i like your name your name is pretty <laughs> yeah you know like something that should just be an innocuous compliment you just say right it right and, right and go about your business um but yeah so i thought that was that was pretty cute um once she gets home she can hear a terror calling out her name from upstairs but she heads outside uh instead where she is again bugged by sophia uh, the next day at school, Barbara is bullied by a group of girls led by one named Taylor. After spitting in the bully's hand, Barbara is summoned uh, to the school therapist, Miss Molay, who hopes to get the get to the bottom of what's going on with her. I love this scene, by the way. It just, again, shows <laughs> how Barbara is fearless. These three girls, because this is what I was hinting at earlier, these three girls are much larger than her, which, again, make, makes you go, okay, either Barbara's like a freshman in high school or even middle school. This is a small town, so all these kids yeah. can be in one place. And Barbara, it, it, like something out of a like a prison cafeteria, like this girl <laughs> is trying to shake her down. Like, yo, run your pockets. And right. Barbara, without missing a beat, looks at her hand and just spits right in her hand. Got you know, it. she's like, yo, again, she has that mindset of, yo, I kill giants. Yeah, so I don't care that you're a somewhat bigger girl than me. Right. <laughs> Get out my <laughs> face. You know, you, you're nothing to me. Right. I loved it. I loved it because you're just like, yo, this, this girl is no joke. I think what's also crazy, and you possibly saw this more um, in your uh, time as a teacher, but I, I've seen this sort of reckless behavior because there are people out there who really perceive, you know, any of the slights or the punishments or any of that kind of stuff that happens in school, like none of that stuff is worse than what they're actually dealing with at home, you know? And she doesn't fear, like you just said, she doesn't fear being bullied. She doesn't fear um, talking to a therapist. She doesn't fear, or she just won't put up with it, I guess is what, what I'll say. Uh, better but it's truly because what she really does fear is at home more so than anything else right and so that false bravado is almost like a almost like suicide by you know like detention (laughs) or whatever right like i don't care what happens to me because it can't be worse than what i have to face when i go home yeah i mean even the the bully the bully even says her she goes what's wrong with you uh, you wet the bed, you wet the bed crazy, or you Columbine crazy, and she just yeah. owns it. She's like, "Yeah, I'm incontinent and I'm homicidal." You hit right. it on the head, <laughs> right? It's right. Like, wow. Yeah, because it's. I mean, not for nothing. We've all been in school. If you found out that one of your classmates just on occasion had to go see the school therapist, that gets around. You know, yeah. people start talking. Oh, quick, quick, fast, quick, fast. And and immature kids are gonna try to put one and two together, so they believe that yeah, Barbara is. Crazy, crazy. Mm. Um, and Barb is a steel trap 
at the therapy session. She's unflinching throughout the conversation with the therapist. She's not trying to give up nothing until Miss Molay says the word Kovaleski and instantly Barb walks out of their session. I love that she's like, I'm not racist. I just, <laughs> like, you just crossed the line or something like that. <laughs> she's in the two days, like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, you're just a black therapist. I just don't want you to think I'm being racist. I just, yeah, you, you strike one, um, which I thought was pretty interesting. While in and I mean and and also I I that line honestly I've I've I you know I haven't read this in a little while but that line hit me hard because I'm like you I don't think you could put that line in a book now no no they say the R word in this there's another mm-hmm. word they said in this and I was like oh oh Dyke they called she calls the oh yeah 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 the... not just Dyke she calls her um uh, a term that even I haven't heard. oh yeah like a like a like a super Dyke or something yeah. like that. I was like holy crap oh my like. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Joe. Yes. Yeah, but this is you what know? happens on the playground. This is what happens. You know, these kids don't know. Yeah, for real, for real. For, and it's real dialogue. It's real dialogue. It felt so yeah. real because this is how people freaking talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? That the fact that nowadays, especially fifteen years ago. <laughs> yes, especially fifteen years ago, and yeah, I, I, I still think it's, it's, I still think it's happened. But yeah. everything, everything, everything now is through. A different, I, a softer lens. I couldn't, but it, but you're telling me there ain't no uh, 12, 13 year olds with a group chat where they're just cursing each other out all day or Ooh, on call of duty, saying every racist, sexist thing yeah. under the sun. It just happened in different places. It hasn't gotten without that soft. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of um, confrontation, while in the hallway, she's confronted again by the bully Taylor, who pushes her up against the lockers until Sophia can call the principal. Barb thanks Sophia for standing up to Taylor and begins to explain her fascination with taking down giants. They go over ancient giant lore and talk of indestructible titans. Barb explains she faces these titans and kills them with her warhammer, Kovaleski. Um, so yeah, Sophia's like trying to trying to talk to her about stuff, you know? Right. To- and 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 the way she's getting into it. It, yeah. it feels real. It feels yeah. real. Like okay, she's letting us know. Okay, so they. Oh man, like they. Um, I feel. I felt like I was uh, uh kind of going through a God of War. Um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. exposition. You know, because the yes. way she breaks it down and she knows the name of the the the, the God of of the giants and the and he was dispersed and you know, into yeah. Titans and giants and all of these things. You're like, oh man, so when are they gonna start showing up, man? Like, oof, right. and then what, what's and gonna the thing happen? Is, I I love mythology, and she's right. All that stuff that she said is is real mythology. Right, like this. Right, right. Any of that stuff up, and it, and it's on point. And I love the fact that like it's it's on the one side, it's this the the level of gravitas which which she's saying it, and Sophia's just sitting there like, uh huh. Yeah. Wow. Wide eyed. Oh, yeah. like, oh man, you know? And the whole time she just has this this cute little bag that holds her ultimate weapon inside of it, you know? I also want to say, and obviously it's a, it's a it's the first comparison that comes to my mind. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that they're a one for one, but I, everyone who hasn't seen this book needs to know that everything in here is drawn almost like Calvin and Hobbes. So <laughs> there's like this sweet, almost simplistic um drawings and, and characterizations and emotions and then whenever the giant stuff comes it's it's dark it's it's scratchy it's it's less clean it's less pure um and it really is a uh uh juxtaposition with everything that you have been reading thus far that's why you're trying to decide which is the real world is it right is it what she's saying it is or is it what we're actually seeing and Sophia doesn't help because she's in the middle going, 
you know so you're right. like, it's, like oh I, it's, 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 it's oh. but yeah, that's why i know. love that's why i love that when she's like yeah my warhammer kovaleski and she goes your hammer is polish <laughs> so, yeah, right so <laughs> I, like yeah you just you're telling me all about this norse mythology and now you're busting some polish out and i love that i say as a baseball fan i love when she gives the explanation to to um to the name of, of the hammer i'm like oh i dig that i dig that that's such a cool explanation it is pretty legit she explains that she named her weapon after a rookie pitcher pitcher for the philadelphia phillies who helped defeat the giants three times in one week and that uh pitcher earned the name the giant killer there it is um what's also interesting is to be honest and the way that that's why i love how this is written drawn all that kind of stuff because she's telling the story about this the titan you know the unstoppable titans no one's ever seen one and the giants and all that kind of stuff about the hammer and as soon as sophia asks if the hammer is polish we pull out of all that right. it's like we get snapped back into reality of like this doesn't really make sense right and, and, it's and, a stylistic and, and, choice on purpose because it's supposed to make you go wait yeah what's going yeah, on no, no, no right right because did you feel that did you feel that because even for me like the yeah. whole time i just took it i just took it i i was like okay okay she, she's a giant killer and and yeah. the thing's name is called is this polish name but it just doesn't register until sophia says it yeah and then it registers and i'm like oh my god like yeah why 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 does it have a polish name and then even when she breaks it down into into okay so you're 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 of this norse world supposedly but you're you have this you're still grounded in american uh, yes. lore yeah. so what is it what are we dealing with here what is going on 100%. you know because you know what is going on and sophia's trying to push and she's like oh so what's going on so how do you know so much about baseball and barb just shuts down again because that's shuts what happens down. whenever shuts anyone down. tries to go too deep barb just shuts down so she walks away and says what and what any young girl says to another young girl when she walks away don't get too close to me because everyone who gets too close to me dies <laughs> and again you're kind of you're now now the thread you're putting the thread something's up here you know um yeah when, when she arrives home she's determined to go upstairs and confront the darkness but becomes spooked and hides in her makeshift tent even when her sister comes to check in on her another thing like anytime karen is trying to reach out it, it breaks my heart it really does because i i wish we as families were better at talking you know i i know that my family wasn't the most vocal about things you kind of just held it all in and drank <laughs> like that was that was basically what what uh what what it, what it was there and it's not to say that if i had a bully or a crush i couldn't talk about these things right but certain times when you feel a certain type of way and you just want somebody to meet you there even if it's for a second even if it's just to hear you out even if, it, if you feel like the feelings are silly but you get them out you know and knowing that they could be in the same room and still not feel that connection be dealing with the same things because they're you know they're in the same home um and still not feel that connection is, is heartbreaking because um I'm, I'm i love my siblings and even though there are times where we can go without communicating to that level i'm internally grateful for them you know and i'm turning eternally grateful for being able to have to be able to reach out in that moment so seeing how closed off barb is even from the people who love her is is heartbreaking no, uh, it 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 truly is. But again, it it by this point you're seeing it's just a common theme. Yeah. When she when she talks about her profession, so to speak, she's she goes a mile a minute. 
She goes into the lore. She's willing to describe all these things. But the moment you want to get through that, through that veil of okay, well, who are you underneath of all, all of this? Yeah, it shuts down. And she completely shuts down. Earlier, when even um, uh, her therapist or the counselor asked her. What was, what was strike one? I forget what strike one was. Uh, Kovaleski. What's Kovaleski? Oh, yeah. What's Kovaleski? Oh, that's strike one. Don't ask about Kovaleski. And then, yeah. and then you know, when Barbara starts to say, well, why do you know so much about baseball? And she just shuts down. And now, yeah. you know, she, she she's in the house. She's she's trying to deal tent. with this in her little tent. And even her tent, you know, when, when the lights go off, you can see the tent is just um, covered in artwork of her killing giants. Yeah. Like, this is the, that is her world. So... Mm-hmm. If someone comes along and tries to, you know, put aside that world, she's just like, no, 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 no that, 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 that you, this is what you get. Anything yeah. else is, is, is deep inside. And no, we ain't having that. Yeah. She's carp, uh, compartmentalizing even as a there child. Yep. She's saying, oh, so you guys are not down with this. So I'm putting you in this pile. Uh, you're all people who are not down with what I do. So I don't have anything to say to you guys. And the fact that Sophia is humoring her, you know, she sees a kindred spirit there and she's willing to kind of be a bit more, a, a bit more, uh, you know, uh, transparent, but not all the way. Um, e- uh, when even her imaginary friends accuse her of hiding, Barb goes to see Miss Molay for another session and confesses that she made a friend in Sophia. As soon as the conversation goes back to Barbara's family, Barbara shuts down completely again. In true Thorson fashion, she gets into it with with the PE teacher after she grabs uh, her heart shaped case holding her secret weapon. That's who she calls. That that's who she calls a a, a dyke. Yes, yes, she does. Um, and she, it, what's funny is she like warns her. <laughs> Barbara does like, just fail me. Like we don't have to get into this. Just fail me. And when the teacher pokes and prods, that's when she unleashes it. You know, she, and she and and then and then at the end of it all, she's just like, "You see, you should have just given me the F." <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And as an, I don't, I really wonder how this book would have read to me ten years ago, because as an adult, I see all this bravado as nothing. In the beginning, when I didn't know what what she was going through, when she was doing all the stuff with the principal stuff, I'm like, "Wow, she's a badass." But when stuff like this, I'm like, but you can't even have a regular conversation. Like you know, what I'm saying? like you can't even too many questions, and you you. You shut down. So it's so interesting to have that perspective as an adult and realize, you know, and it makes me think back to bullies I've known or people who've acted out that I've known. And wow, what could they have been going through? What, you know, what made them feel like they had to lash out at teachers, at other kids, at their own parents, et cetera, and so forth. You really don't know what people are going through. And considering that we're all mushed in this tight room, (laughs) in this tight building, everyone going through their own you know situation it it had to have been hard for as a teacher to try to make sure that everyone is feeling seen heard and and safe right when you can't even guarantee if they're safe at home right it's big stuff no it's 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 one of the it's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't don't stick around with teaching yeah it's 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 a hard it's a hard profession it's a hard profession it is um, she is sent to the principal who gives her more detention, but is pleased when she finds a note from Sophia asking if they are still friends. Suddenly, even with her imagination running wild, 
she's fixated at this new social development. Like there's literally magical beings around her and she is not paying attention. This is her new thing. She loves the fact that she has a new friend. She's so excited about this note that she goes to put it in her heart-shaped case. But then her imaginary friends warn her against it and she apologizes for losing sight on the mission. And again, red flag, right? <laughs> Instant red flag. Like, there, you know, her imaginary friends are telling her, you know, hey, whoa, calm down with all this, like, friendship stuff. You still got to kill giants and stuff. And it's like... Yeah, yeah, I mean, and again, it was it was a very comic book um, scene where the idea of oh man, you you don't you don't just casually open your ultimate power, you know that yeah. could destroy the universe or the school or who you know it's just dangerous thing to do. <laughs> she says it's gonna you make know? God cry. That's what she, right, <laughs> right. That's what she right. told us about this thing. Once we see it, it will make God cry. Right. That's a lot. So, he, so here we here we are faced with her almost losing herself like okay are are you are you are you this um mythic hero or are you really just a kid like what's going on here but the whole time when these imaginary friends these 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 um fourth wall breaking not fourth wall breaking but you know they're they're, they're extra dimensional creatures talking to her you're like okay and obviously she's the only one that can see them so what's going on exactly and they're not like in this instance, I don't think that they're helping her. This is the first instance where I'm like, oh, like this is this this may not be in her best interest, but it, her best interest. It reminds me of something that I even came across myself. I, everyone has an inner voice, right? And my inner voice is always out for my own protection. But because that is its prime directive it will try to discourage me from things that I might have a slight chance at failing at or have a might have a slight chance at getting rejected from or might have a slight chance of not doing well at not enough to not enough to gamble my 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 brain my heart doesn't want you know it's not worth it don't even bro don't even and sometimes I got to tell myself like it's okay if I fail this it's okay if I get rejected from this it's okay if I um you know if this doesn't work out but at least I tried it and She's trying to open up and have a friend and her self-conscious, her, her conscious, her, you know, the, her inner voice is like, stick to the mission because that's when we're safe. We're mm -hmm. safe when we are alone and we're safe when we're killing giants. And that's, that's a lot, man. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, so... She go uh, in another session with Miss Molay, the two engage in a word association game. But when the topic of family comes up again, Barb freezes. When Miss Molay pushes further, Barb strikes the teacher in the face and runs off. What's heartbreaking Literally. is right before then, she like tries to like hold her, hug her. And Barb's like, get off of me. Like, don't touch me. What are you doing? Right. Um, and yeah, like you can just see that that. Miss Molay is seeing her as a, a lost soul, like a wayward child, and she's just trying to pull her in and face whatever it is that we have to face. And at this point, we don't even know yet. We still don't know because Barbara's not being forthcoming about what's going on. Um, so she runs off. Taylor, the bully, catches up to her and starts to beat on her for getting her in trouble. Yep. Things, things seem dire, but Sophie, Sophia shows up and tries to help. In the, fray, in the fray, Barb accidentally punches Sophia, which makes her run away. 
And then feeling like her final chance at friendship and happiness are fleeting, Barbara sees a harbinger of doom and knows that something terrible is coming and soon. How often do, do we end up hurting the people who are trying to help us the most? Right. You know, exactly. um, this counselor who is the, really the only person that can even pierce her veil uh, even in the slightest, she straight up pimp slaps, cracks a slap across her face like nothing. Mm -hmm. And then later on, this girl who has just been on hanging on her every word, she literally punches right in the face. Granted, that was a little bit more in the heat of the moment of, you know, she's beating the snot out of out of a, a, her bully Taylor for a yet again. And if yeah. you catch it in, in the middle of the fight, you know, um, Taylor tries to open up the the bag that holds that, yeah. Kovaleski. So so she gets super protective and she just goes into you know Wolverine berserker Berserka mode yeah. and just starts beating the snot out of this girl. And in the mo in that moment Sophia comes be behind her and like grabs her by the shoulder and yeah. she instinctively just turns around and just clocks her right in the face. So and it's just like man like the the the, the two people who probably care about you most outside of your sister you just wailed on today. Yeah. And it's 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 heartbreaking because these are two, two people who throughout this whole book, you can see care for this person deeply. The counselor is trying to initiate some level of emotion from this girl. Sophia is just loving this person regardless. Like she's what everybody else in this book is looking at her sideways for, for being this weird person. Like, yo, you kill giants. Sure you do. Uh, you, 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 you know all about this, this mythological world, whatever. Sophia is just like, yeah, yeah, cool. You know, and I'm yeah. constantly trying to help her out. Um, and she just, she just caught one in the face for it. Yeah. And now there's a bit of causation because as these two very harrowing, harrowing and horrible things happen, now Barbara sees a harbinger of doom. And so your right. mind starts to go, wait a minute here. Uh, the giant is coming. You know, something right. is coming. Something is coming. She feels yeah. dread. But is that dread, is that dread external and something mysterious in the smoke, in the distance? Or is she just feeling crappy about what's going on around her? You know? Right, and you're, right. And, you're, and you're trying to, again, trying to pin this. Um, at home, Barb is scolded by her big sister, Karen, for hitting the school therapist. One thing is for sure, Karen is slowly unraveling under the pressure of taking care of all her siblings, and she basically confesses so. Uh, she also alludes to what's going on upstairs and how much pressure is putting on her, but we, again, aren't made privy of that information. Um, you see that both the kids kind of tune out, like the brother kind of puts his head down and Barb straight up tunes out, um, and yeah, like they, 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 the, yeah. the, the word bubbles, the words in the word bubbles literally get scratched out. Like Barb is just not hearing it. Mm -hmm. It's something. And yeah, you, like you said, everybody at the table is just kind of shutting down and it seems like Barbara is starting to see that harbinger of doom again. Yeah. And that's all she's, that's all she's, she's. She's just seeing the physical manifestation of probably is what these words are, are, are have been making her feel, which is why she just doesn't want to hear it. But of yeah. course, even when you don't hear something, you still feel it. And for 100%. her, she's feeling it. She's feeling it in this. Okay, it's it's this doom, this anxiety, this this pressure that's on her. Yeah, and it's horrifying. It's freaking horrifying. And the thing is, Karen is being 
100% vulnerable here. Like she really is pleading her soul uh, the, about the events in their in their family, the events in their home, the events that Barbara is going through, right? With with all this problematic stuff at school. Um, and th there is no return on that vulnerability. You know, they don't right. come together in that moment and say, well, we see each other and let's do this. They disperse and Karen is kind of left with how she feels and Barb heads outside to start making more elaborate uh, traps for giants because that can busy her up and that can distract her. Now, tell me if I'm right or wrong here <laughs> because I remember seeing this the first time and I might have just been going through it too quickly, but this set of giant traps feels a bit more troubling than the others because it seems as if Barbara is committing self-harm in this scene. Yeah. No, right. I mean, this again is something um you I don't think you you would really see in this capacity nowadays in 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 a lot of mediums. So when yeah. she starts, yeah, she's earlier in the in the story, you know, she just pricks her finger. Yeah. Whereas now um she's straight up she's cutting straight into her flesh. Yeah. Carving her you know, forearm up. Carving a forearm to to set a trap because uh, if you remember earlier in the story, she talks about titans and giants, and she talks yeah. about yeah, giants are everywhere, but titan titans I, I think are are um, wrong. They're fake. Yeah, they're they're, not they're real. fake. They're fake. They're not real. Yeah, one hasn't been seen in in a long time. Mm -hmm. So I think, and but like this now, this harbinger is has been rearing its head. So I think she's fearful that this is this is what she's gonna have to be dealing with yeah so she like you said the traps are becoming earlier it was just you, you could barely even tell it was just kind of like this crappy fishing line with a bag of garbage on the end of it whereas <laughs> right. now it seems like she's got like billy clubs and and skulls and a, and a bigger bag of garbage and now she's slicing straight into her flesh yeah so she's she's really trying to ward off whatever the hell she's gonna have to um confront because yeah. it's coming. It's coming. Whether she likes it or not, it's coming. And that story that she's telling herself is wavering as as this happens. It, it, holes are starting to appear mm -hmm. in it. And um, the juxtaposition, like you see, they, <laughs> she, you see her cut into her forearm. They give it a distinct sound written yeah. on the page on a monopias on a monopias style and then right. the the quote unquote camera in comics gets away from her but the sound doesn't stop right and then literally the next picture is just her with long sleeves yep. and i'm like again walking down the halls with everybody else you have no idea what the people who are standing to the left and right of you have gone through man right we should really right. all be a bit more gracious and patient with, with people have a bit more mercy because you never freaking know. Yep. Um, surprisingly, Barbara is informed that Miss Molay wants to speak to her because she was like, I hit that woman. What the hell she wants to speak to me for? Right. Like she wants uh, another one? Yeah. When she goes into the therapist's office, she's surprised when Miss Molay questions her about giants, even going so far as to say she'll forgive Barb for hitting her. You know, you kind of got to play ball. You know, like let's. Let's get, let, she's trying to uh, meet her at her game. All right, you won't talk to me about the Kovaleski. You won't talk to me about your home life. You won't talk to me about your parents. So let's talk to me about Giants. There it is. Um, which I would assume is a typical uh, 
typical way to meet a child in the middle? What do you say? Definitely. Definitely. Um, I, I worked with a lot of what they classified as emotionally disturbed kids, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. uh, Barbara is definitely showing. Um, how do you say? Signs. Symptoms. Signs of sim symptoms. There you go. Symptoms of. Mm -hmm. So, and that is a classic way to to deal. You don't you don't look at what's disturbing the kid as um, as the thing you want to ignore. You, right. you that's that's your that's your way in mm -hmm. that's your way in you know i had i had one student who he, his his thing was wrestling love okay. pro wrestling that's all he wanted to talk about and so many other teachers would whenever whenever oh man uh so and so the, all he wants to do is talk about wrestling it gets so crazy it gets so crazy that's all he wants to talk about and then i would talk to him and then next thing you know, I'm going back to the teachers and saying, hey, man, I found out this and this and this and this and this. And they're like, how'd you get him to, to tell you all that? I go talk to him about wrestling yeah. instead of looking <laughs> it as as the thing that's that's the wall between you two. That's your in. Right. That's your in. Uh, another student of mine, I remember he, he wouldn't write anything unless it was about anime. So when he had to take his English regions uh um state test basically for uh, right. people who aren't from new york mm -hmm. um hey, you know he didn't want to write anything and i remember hit one of the essays he had to write was about uh like talk about your, your hero of yours and all the teachers were like we don't know how to inspire this kid to write this essay this and the third and i looked at him i said yo goku mm -hmm. write about goku and about how he had to fight frieza and next right. thing you know this kid is writing two pages yeah. You know what I mean, and the, and the, and and uh, all the other teachers looked at me and go, "What the hell's a Goku?" Like, <laughs> if, if you're not willing to get in these kids' heads, you're not going to reach them. So this is this psychologist, Miss Molay, is she's finally embracing it. Like, all right, I can't go at her by ignoring what is her her focus. Let me go through what is her focus, and it works perfectly. Barbara's just like, let's, "You want to know about the other side?" Yeah, let's go. Let's to you want to know about science? Here you go. And it and it and it's it just all spews out. Yeah, and I think, you know, like I said, as an adult, I didn't know this when I was younger. But as an adult, it all, all of it, all of it. I say like sports, uh, you know, comics, anime, wrestling. It all boils down to like the like basic human needs in a kind of mm -hmm. weird way, like and, and stuff like that. Um, for instance, ask somebody you want to get to know better what their favorite superhero is and then ask them why, you know, once they tell mm -hmm. you that, why it kind of informs you what they think are positive aspects of yep. a character. If someone's like, Oh, I love the Joker. He's my favorite superhero <laughs> because he doesn't care about anything. He burns everything to the ground and he doesn't love anything. Instantly, you're like, okay. So, we got to keep an extra. We got to keep an extra eye on this one. Totally, you know. And so I, I, I can almost remember. Like you used to see this all the time in in '90s movies, right? Like a kid being super into something, and the and everyone else laughing at him, and and like pushing him to the side. But that level of of depth and understanding um, ties emotional resident uh, resonance to it. So if you can, if you're willing to go down the rabbit hole with them, there's heart at the end of all that stuff, and you just got to find out why it's beating for this. So that she's like you said, she's downright enthusiastic talking about this giant stuff, yep. uh, and but very telling. She says they come in and they take everything from their victims, and that's why I have to kill them. 
Uh, and, she, and so Miss Morley's like, are you afraid? And she's like, no, 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 I'm not afraid. I got Kovaleski and with my trusty Warhammer commitment to the mission. If I just, if I just stay on this mission. And then she like almost whispers, I can even stop death itself, which is like, uh, and the statement coming out of a child's mouth obviously startles Miss Molay, but she asks to see the hammer and Barb refuses. So she just lets it go. That's not the fight she's trying to have today. She, they, they made a breakthrough, you know, <laughs> so yep. she's going to, she's going to put a pin in it, but that death itself stuff, man, pretty telling. That's, that's no. her goal. Right. It's like, it's like, why is, why is a kid so worried about death? Yeah. And preventing it, mm-hmm. you know, and why is it your job? You know, right. hey, why is it your job right. to stop? Have you ever heard of a doctor? Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Um, Taylor confronts Sophia in the girl's bathroom and tricks her into revealing some of the crazy things she's seen Barb do in exchange for a secret about Barbara's mom. When Barbara goes to check on her traps, she is devastated when she sees Taylor and her friends destroying them. Barbara downright threatens to kill Taylor. Again, something I don't think I would see in a book today. Like two kids talking about whether or not they're going to kill each other. There is, yep. Uh, and um, she seems disgusted that Sophia would betray her in this way. Uh, fed up with everything, Barbara reaches for her trusty Warhammer and pulls out a keychain. She sees she seems downright shocked that the keychain is just that, and all it takes is a second of confusion for Taylor to take advantage. The bully and her crew beat Barbara so bad that she wakes up in her own bed, having been brought over by Sophia. So what do you, what what do you posit is the whole thing with this hammer? I don't um, think they ever out out and out say it, right? The um well no. No, it's it's the the truth is becoming more and more apparent. Yes. Right. Um, because even before that, right before when when the when Taylor and her crew are tearing up her stuff, mm-hmm. it's it, you almost feel it almost seems like oh you know does Barbara really have this extra dimensional connection to things because she starts to see what she calls harbingers. Yeah. You know, all these like mini giants destroying things in the town, and she and she starts to feel like okay that impending doom is coming. It, it, this is it all happening, but she doesn't yeah. know that her stuff is being destroyed. So right. does she in fact have some, co- some kind of power? Like what's going on? Is, is, is all of this true? Cause we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and no, this is the, and, that, and then in the, in the bathroom, you know, when you really look through the story again, this is the first time we hear a discussion of parents. Yes. We've always just taken it for granted that, that this was kind of like, um, like a Disney movie, right? How many yeah, Disney yeah, movies yeah. start? How many Disney movies start where you know the parents are dead and they're you're being raised by a sibling or or some adoptive parent or some of some Lilo and Stitch. They right, you know what I mean. So, you, you, for me, I remember reading this the first time. I didn't really question the fact that the parents weren't really around. Like I think the dad shows up very early in the story, yeah. and he just kind of goes to work and he's never really talked about again. But um, the and then sister, Karen says, "The Karen says when they when you get in trouble, they don't call dad; they call me." Right, and that was the only, only other allusion to the fact that there was any other parent in the situation. Right, so you just kind of you kind of seen it as okay, mom must be dead. Dad is you know he's too busy working all the time to pay the bills and you know make sure the, all these kids have this stuff. And unfortunately, the matri- matriarch role has been left upon the, the sister, and it's very overwhelming, especially when you have this sister one sibling that's 
very different than everyone else. Yeah. So here it, it, it all starts to is it is it, is it all is it all falling apart? Right. What is really happening? Is she so so is she is she not this this mythological being? Is she really just a, a, a little girl? And in fact, because because again, we're comic book readers, right? And and mm-hmm. we've kind of been getting these hints, this whole story of, oh, she, this is where she's going to unveil her power, and it's going to she's going to be this mythological being, you know, she's going to reveal herself to be some kind of Captain Marvel or Wonder Woman character. Yeah, no, she's she's just a little girl. Oh, but like I was saying, the, but then the, when the when the when the girls start talking about mother, you're like, oh, so she does have a mother. Where yeah. has the mother been? Oh, other stuff starts to starts to you come start to, together. You start to connect because you start to hear. You remember that Karen said, like, and you know, I'm dealing with blank upstairs. And you remember mm-hmm. all that she's always constantly scared of looking upstairs. Um, and so you start to try to connect all that together. And I'm throwing everything against the wall. I'm like, is she a drunk? Is she a, like, you know, like what? What? Right. What am I? What right. am I going to bump into when, when all this stuff happens? Um, and. Yeah, she she got brought over by Sophia. Speaking of Sophia, she's heard screaming and can be seen standing in the hallway looking inside of a room. Skin pale white, tears running down her face as if she just saw a ghost. Barbara tries to explain, but Sophia runs away in tears. Uh, Barb gathers her bearings and tries to leave her room without being noticed, but hears and sees a ghoulish figure, a ghastly, sullen monster restrained and just stringy and horrifying and calling her name uh terrified she tries to get away but the creature even goes so far as to beg her to come back before barbara enters her room and slams the door rough stuff man <laughs> yeah because you're, you're sitting there going like what is it what is it you, i i would i would say at this point you're kind of realizing okay it's it's some kind of family member who yeah is is ill or is and what kind is she of ill? Mean? Or, like what? Are they mean? Are they psychologically ill? Because you you know a lot of times they say you know the psychosis are passed down. So you're like yeah. okay, so if if the daughter's crazy, then the mom is like really crazy, right? You know what I mean? Um, is this some kind of carry kind of kind of thing? You it was know, this. Where, it was the second time around that I realized that they have the bed there, that they have the restraints. Right. You know they have right. the, the 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 apparatus. She's made him look more ghoulish in her mind, and I can imagine how horrifying all that m- must look when we get to that reveal. But um, it's all there, all of the breadcrumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all throughout yeah. the entire it, story. It's, yep, and and then you know, ah, oh, see, I don't want to say anything as completely spoilery yet. So no, no let's, <laughs> okay, let's, okay, let's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, Sophia starts to get worried when Barbara stops coming to school. She tells Miss Molay and they head to her home where her sister Karen flips out over the news. In a heartbreaking moment, she lets Miss Molay know that how she thinks she's failing her siblings and can barely keep herself together. Again, I'm just I'm just crying for Karen, man. The whole time. I'm just like, girl, it's all right. Like she's like, I can't I you know, I sometimes I put cereal out. Like I try to get her bag ready you know like she's just really de- desperate she's on running on fumes at this point um so miss Molay is like i think we need to talk to your mom about what's going on with barbara so they they do they go the two go speak to karen's mom about barbara while sophia realizes that barb might be hiding her usual D location she confronts her there about school and her mom and barbara storms out again not ready to face reality mm-hmm 
When Miss Molay finds her uh, later, she's playing with a dead bird, which worries the therapist, especially when she claims that she's going to use it to sacrifice it so her hammer will work. Again, when you add in the self-harm, when you add in <laughs> the other stuff, man, this is starting to seem like, you know, the beginning of a Jeffrey Dahmer documentary. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. sitting here like, oh, we need an intervention soon, please. Because she's, th this is me, this is what I'm saying as she's poking the dead bird, right? I'm like, we need an intervention soon. Uh, but it gets kind of worse because Miss Molay tries her best to get through to her, but Barbara won't stop bringing up the hammer and the giants. So in frustration and hoping to jar her back into the real world, Miss Molay just puts it plainly. She says, this isn't working. We can't just talk about your fantasies anymore. As much as it hurts, your mother is dying. Um, and Barbara just acts unfazed. Like she's like, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you holding me? Like she's really acting like she has no idea what's going on. No, and, and I love in that, I love in that moment, especially for, for us uh, manga and anime lovers, her, her glasses go to where you can't see the pupils. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, it's, it's that very, um, trying to think of the word that very almost emotionless almost emotionless like, yeah yeah like yeah. when like you know when when though when those characters who wear the glasses in all the in all in a, in a manga and anime when they're just explaining their 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 hiding story or, yeah, they're yeah, hiding yeah, something yeah. And, you know yeah. and that's her face in this moment and i was just like oh man that, that's so on point and 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 miss bolet's like no 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 your mom yeah. is dying you can't kill this giant you got to embrace it you got to be there for your family it's yeah. just like, oh wow like okay and so this and is what's going on it's beautifully drawn it's in the rain mm -hmm. you know so it's like this very intense moment of of reality and the, um this was the one of the moments that sold me on um the actress who played her in the film and always oh, so zoe saldana like all that like it's not real man like <laughs> put it all away kind of stuff it's it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking but the reality is that Barbara's mom has cancer. That's that's what we basically find out. She doesn't have much time left. Um, when this gets told to Barbara, Barbara pushes Miss Molay away, but drops her bag. And her bag opens up, and she just has a bunch of dead animals in there. There's like birds and rats and all kinds of shit in there. So she's just been fucking walking around with dead animals. Like, this needs to end. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, this yeah. is the moment. This the coping needs to end because now, and she's, she's saying that she's finding these dead animals and putting them in the thing, right? Like she makes sure. a very, she makes it a very sure. clear statement that like, I'm not hurting these animals. I'm finding them and putting them in the bag, but we don't know that man, you know? And so it's just like, it's, it's a lot. It's intense for me as a reader. I'm like, this is a lot, man. Someone needs to save this girl. <laughs> this is a lot. Yep. Um, it's it's like watching a slow motion car crash, you know? And you're just hoping everybody can swerve or get out, jump out, do whatever uh, to get out of this situation. But you're watching it all unfold and all of these, this is the the last domino for a lot of, in a lot of ways, you know, that comes in, everything else starts crashing down. Um, she runs as fast as she can and bumps into Taylor. Taylor seems to always be fucking around. I don't know. What's yeah, going on. yeah, I know. I know, like a, like a freaking like a freaking bully and a half, man. Always around. Taylor's taking down one of her traps. Sophia's trying to stop her. Seeing her former friend in danger, Barbara punches Taylor, knocking her down. 
Taylor gets up to confront Barb, but a thunderstrike alerts them to a massive storm that's coming and a massive, seemingly tidal wave. Um, but Barbara sees the storm and the wave for what it truly is. To her, it isn't a giant; it's an indestructible titan. Um, and again, you were talking about like the low budget. That thing had that movie had better CGI than some of the recent Marvel fucking movies that have come out. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at those titans. I'm like, yeah, not for nothing, man. Not for nothing. Um, no, no, near yes, near near the well, no, well, no, I didn't say I didn't say it was low budget in that the. Uh, oh, that, you know, do. I didn't think you said that it looked bad, but you were saying that it the film itself, like it wasn't a massive blockbuster where they were throwing millions of dollars at production. They got a lot um, done with the money that they were given. Well, right, right. No, no, the 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 way it looked in the end was great. I'm just talking about the fact that throughout the film, they really saved all the CGI and the budget for the end. Yes. Whereas they could have, like, they could have done a lot more in the beginning with with what the story provides. They didn't do any of that. It would, you know, like, um, like the one scene in the in the um in the movie where she's staring at the bush. Yes. And like, y- there's literally nothing there. No. But but you're just staring at the bush, and I'm like, oh man, they could have they could have they could have done so much more. They could have done so much more sprites and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, but no, the, the way the the way that this thing looked at the end, and again, now now this is the point in the story where you're like, oh, wait a minute, I know Miss Mole just said the whole cancer thing. Yeah. But now we're looking at an actual Titan. Right. And the so other girls seemingly what? see it as well, or they're responding to the tidal wave that's coming in, or whatever. But either way. She's sure. She's our protagonist. <laughs> She's been yeah. warning us about these things, and now right. one's here. So, who's to question any of this anymore? Right. And considering uh, what she's about to do. Yeah, it's about to go down. Yeah. <laughs> In a stunning action sequence, Barbara faces the Titan head on while the other girls run away. The Titan grabs them, but luckily, Barb's Warhammer materializes and there she wields it. While exclaiming, "You will not take my mother again!" In a, in a, in a very, in a very Steven, in a very Steven universe way, you know, like yes. she just finally pulls Kowaleski out, out of, out of nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's just this giant freaking bell hammer, and you're like, "Whoa!" With all these runes all over it, it's, it's, it's like you said earlier. It goes from being, you know, Calvin and Hobbes. To yeah. quickly, it, it turns into Game of Thrones, um, <laughs> like a, yeah, like Game of Thrones. Or I used to love. Remember, remember in Boondocks. Remember in the Boondocks. Yeah, it, it, it would be very cartoony. But whenever yeah. Huey and Riley had to suddenly have some serious fight with somebody, it would then suddenly turn turn into um, anime samurai sam, samurai. Yeah, shampoo. yeah, yeah. Like, and yeah, this is yeah. what this is whatever this if this is what this this feels like. Right, yeah. right, right in this moment. So seeing her, you know, pull out this beautiful weapon and just going to town on this on this massive monster was just like, oh yeah, here we go. And she's so much more comfortable doing this than anything we've seen her do. She's right. this is what she's been waiting for in in a lot of ways. But it's very telling that as she's attacking this thing, she keeps saying, "You will not take her. You will not take my mother. You right. can't have her." You know, and you start to wonder, well, what the hell, like. We weren't told that these Titans were coming for her mom. Like <laughs> she never said anything about like she didn't warn us the Titans when they show up, they come and take your mom. But she has always perceived or this 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 outside entity, this antagonist energy, um, has always been perceived as a thing that will take her mom away. A darkness, a a, a unbeatable, unstoppable Goliath that will do what it will. And unfortunately, that is what a lot of illness is, you know, 
that it just is it's it does irreparable damage to people to families um it, it in many ways can't be stopped and and you do have to face it head on like this um the titans drop the girls the titan drops the girls and barbara is on its tail using her hammer to strike at the leviathan but it does no good with each strike she continues to yell defiantly that nothing will take her mom from her not even this titan with a massive blow the titan falls to earth and barbara claims victory unfortunately according to the titan he isn't there for barbara's mom he's there for her oof yeah i was like i but even then i'm still like what does this mean <laughs> i'm like no. what do you mean you're here for her I, I thought you were like a like a metaphor for the sickness. Are you taking her too? Does she? Is she like? Is this like a weird like? I'm. I don't want to be on this mortal coil anymore. So I'm right, sitting here bugging right. out, stressing out because I'm like I don't know where this is gonna turn. I know, I know. And the whole time, and the whole time, she's just crying. Yeah. And this thing is just like I know, child. I know. In in this moment, this is the first time you felt defeat from her. Like this is her realm. This is where she's been the most confident, been the most happy, been the most capable. Um, in many ways, when we deal with trauma, we like to go to places. I This is me talking from fucking experience. Go to places and, and be in places where we have the control. Right. Because we there's so many outside circumstances that we can't control. So we want to go somewhere we feel like we can control things. And even in this instance, with her most trusted weapon in the world, and where its one function is to kill this one thing in front of her, she can't win because she's not supposed to because that's not how life works. She can't beat this giant. She can't beat this titan. Um, So with tears in her eyes, Barbara doesn't want to believe what she's hearing, but the titan tells her that it's sorry. Determined to not be defeated, Barbara delivers one last massive blow and it floors the beast. The thing is, the titan was holding Barbara, so she falls into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, it's, you just went through this massive, you, you, you experience this battle in every way, which way you experience it spiritually, emotionally, physically, yeah. um, psychologically, you're like, what am I, is this really happening? You know, and then when, and then when, when, like you said, when, when this, then this Titan starts to uh, reveal that, you know, I wasn't never here to take away your mom, I was here to deal with you. Yeah. And it's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here like, what did you do, Barbara? What's going on here? Like, what, what is it? You, you know, and then and then the battle just ends and suddenly she's falling in the ocean. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. What? Like, is she dead? Is she missing? Like, what is going on? And exactly how you said where you the seeing the fight at the very different levels. Um, this fight was a cathartic moment for me as a reader. Because she's saying finally the things that she's wanted to say. And it may be at a quote unquote Titan, but it's the first time we've felt her be vulnerable about all this stuff, how she sees it, how she sees herself in the grand scheme of things. She's the one thing standing between this thing, taking her mom, you know, and won't stop. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's, it was a cathartic feeling for me. And then to see it end the way it ends again, this is after I've seen her cut herself. This is after I've seen dead animals in her bags. This is after she's cut school for six days straight and done God knows what else, killed God knows what else, harmed herself in God knows what other ways. And now she might be dead. <laughs> so I'm like, what, what am I reading? 
It's, right. it's, bonk- it's bonker stuff. Um, when the storm subsides, Barbara is nowhere to be found. Her teachers, family, and even the police are looking out for any sign that she might be still alive after disappearing in the depths. All the news can talk about is the pure devastation the storm brought onto their town and the one school-aged girl who went missing in the ocean. Sophia stops by Barb's house to wait with her family for any word on her friend. The cops consider telling Barb's mom about her daughter, but Karen says that they want to wait a bit more. Karen and Sophia share a tearful embrace, and suddenly Sophia sees one of Barb's imaginary friends. That was kind of cute. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, there, uh, there's a knock at the door, and lo and behold, there's Barbara seemingly without a scratch on her. Um, they all embrace, and the cops leave, and Barb lets Sophia know how much she means to her. Again, about perception, what do you perceive is going on with this Kovaleski thing? Was that Did that just like land on her front porch or something? The keychain. It's just like um, on the ground, but there's like an impact. Uh, <laughs> it's like an impact circle around it. I can't tell exactly what's happened. I can't tell if she dropped it or if it just landed there or what. I'm pretty sure she, she you know, in her mind, she dragged it out of the ocean with her, you know? Yeah. But she doesn't seem no. to need it anymore because she lets um, Sophia hold it. Which is big. That's huge. She didn't let anybody else even see it. Unless she was trying to kill them or, or make God cry, yeah, right. <laughs> so, we, so this is this is good, and I, I and it was it was sweet for her to tell Sophia how much she meant for her, much she meant to her, you know, because we could tell that that friendship was something that did mean something to her, but um, she was going to too much to let her know, and again, been there, yeah. Um, so she then sets her sights on her mother's room, ready to confront what's in there remembering the words of the titan that the titan spoke as she fell into the deep he says all things that live die this is why you must find joy in the living while the time is yours and not fear the end to deny this is to deny life to fear this is to fear life but to embrace this can you embrace this and then we see um, her drag herself out of the depths and the last words he says to her is, you are stronger than you think. Um, in a touching moment, uh, Sophia lends her hand for support. And she takes it, but then she lets go because she's ready to finally do this. She takes her steps upstairs. She goes into her mom's room. And we see her mom is a perfectly like, fine-looking woman in a perfectly normal-looking room. She's just hooked up to a machine she's in a hospital bed hooked up to a machine in the home right but again i say to a child that is a horrifying visage you know um to to somebody who doesn't know how to eternalize this how to break it down and and what it all means i can see you running from this running from this um this image but very similar to what miss mole said there's only so much time left and the, the as an adult now the pain comes from oh the pain that i had reading this portion came from the idea that this was no fault of her mom's and yet their relationship got strained because of it and how how heartbreaking is that yes like her mom didn't actually have cancer nope but 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 her de- uh, debilitating illness and her decreasing health 
caused a rift between her and her youngest daughter who just couldn't bear to see life for what it was at the moment. And so I'm reading this and I'm listening to like classical music and she gets into the hospital bed with her and her, her mom snuggles with her and I damn near shed a tear, bro. I damn, I'm sitting there. I'm just like, oh, this, damn, this whole, this whole, damn. this whole part of the book is, this is, this is the culmination of everything like you and you, and you're already, you're, for me, you're still the, 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 the Titans words when uh, the, those, those words of poetry that speak so true, they're so obvious, but when they, the, the, the idea of, you know, all things, you know, die, that's why living is so important and just, and just live life and, and do what you can. And now okay. her walking into this room. And like you said, you know, um, you know, both both you and I, I'm pretty sure we, I think we've talked about this. We lost our dads yeah. relatively recently, and we're yeah. we're adults, and it, yeah. and it and it was traumatic. Here oh, you have a kid 100%. who even you know even in a dysfunctional family or even in a family where you know you don't have the greatest parents. When you're a kid, your parents, even if you don't like them, you're you're still looking at them like yo, you're you're my caretaker, yes, you're my, my super person. You're, you're yeah. right, you're my superhero. And like you said, now she she to, the idea of having to look at her mom, even in the simplistic setting of she she has the IV, she has a machine, and she's just very. You can tell she's been bed bound for for quite some time. Mm-hmm. That's um, it's extremely. I'm going to say disheartening, but to me that does not quite captivate <laughs> what what does I mean. <clears throat> heartbreaking i mean look she she she's retreated completely into this mythological world because yeah. she can't handle this reality that badly it's exactly. easier for her to 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 dive into the idea of i'm a giant slayer i have this mythological weapon that resides within my bag um um and you know i'm gonna make traps and i'm gonna do all these things because yeah. the hardest thing for her to do is to simply walk into a room and just talk to her dying mother because yeah. that's reality and reality's way as impossible as that mythological realm seems to grasp and deal with. Yeah. This is infinitely harder. And like you were saying, when you now take account, we're at the, we're coming to the end of issue seven It's a seven issue story. When you take into account the laundry list of things that she rather do to cope, when you take into a full account, when you think about all the things that she was doing or all the things that she'd rather do, fight bullies, you know, argue with principals, all that stuff, you know, the laundry list of things that she did to cope also that she wouldn't have to face this moment kind of made me think of all the laundry list of things that sometimes we put in front of ourselves to not have to do the, the painful, have the painful conversation or the painful confrontation, the intervention, whatever it is. This is this is a human story because it is how we react to these traumas. It is. It, we may want to be braver or seem braver or seem smarter or more worldly, but things like this will humble you. And sometimes it is fight or flight. And she kind of did both. Like she ran and then fought elsewhere. You know. Um, so she I, did. I, I so I totally get it. Um, her mom holds her. She sheds a tear, asks if all this is a dream. And um, she's like, no. And they hold each other and they basically drift off to go to sleep. Um, all of a sudden, since then, uh, she's a better student. She's more attentive. 
she is um she's excited to hang out with her mom and talk to her mom they develop a better friendship her and sophia are are chilling uh they're better friends um even taylor you know <laughs> taylor yeah, right. try, taylor tries to uh get crazy and sophia almost knocks her on her oh no not sophia her other friend almost knocks her on her ass um and then we get a moment where Miss Molay comes up to Barbara to let her know that her mom has passed away. And the same little girl who couldn't be caught dead on the same floor as her mother, you know, um, is is giving wisdom to Miss Molay like, it's going to be okay. You know, there's nothing to be afraid of. We're just saying goodbye. You should come too. She likes you a lot. You know, just this wisdom, just this this she realized it for what it was you know um and so we have this very tearful funeral and she places the heart-shaped case on the casket and it's buried with her mom um they do the the wake at the house and they have a bit of a sweet moment because miss Molay comes upstairs to talk to her and they have a conversation she's vulnerable she says that she's sad she she expresses gratitude for her coming down to her level and actually actually breaking through you know and miss Molay can't help but break down a little bit because it's all she ever wanted right um you can't stop the storms you can't stop the titans you got to understand them because they're not going to stop coming right um and I love that she says it's okay. We're we're going to be okay. I learned it after a storm. After the storm, uh, we are a lot stronger than we think we are. Uh, later that night, she wakes up, and everyone in her house is asleep. She goes to her siblings' rooms, turn off their TVs. She just has the house to herself. She's just embracing the fact that she's alone in her home, and then she goes into her mom's room, and she sees the Titan outside. And it makes her shed a tear because she just remembers everything that she'd been through and how the Titan actually helped her. The one thing that she wanted to kill, the one thing that she wanted to fight, the one thing that was never going to stop is what helped her get through this. And she says, we're all right. I'm all right. Thank you. And the Titan goes back to the sea. So she goes into her mom's bed. She cuddles up in her blanket and uh, she says, we're going to be all right because we are stronger than we think. And the book ends. There it is. What a story! Yeah, I'm still, I'm still, I'm not acting like I'm reading it for the first time again. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's just rough. And I guess I hadn't had something express the myriad of emotions that you go through when you lose a parent. You know, there's a bunch of different ones, fair and unfair feelings that you have. You know, uh, uh, righteous and rational feelings and irrational feelings that you have, and to see all that put upon a, a little girl and, you know, I pff, n- name a fandom and I've lost myself in it in an attempt to find reason in this world, <laughs> you know, name, name, uh, you know, something, an obscure something. I've, I've tried it. You know, we, we all are looking for our safe spot and a place we can be heard, but a place where we're in control. And one of the things that I found out, as did Barbara in this story is that you can't control everything. So you have all you can really do is control how you react to these things, how the storms 
affect you. I I say this often. Um, you know, I used to get mad at the storms that came. I used to be like, yo, you know, when am I going to get a sunny day? And I realized that I get a lot of sunny days. I get possibly more than I deserve, but there's <laughs> still going to be those storms. Those storms are still going to come. So instead of cursing about it, prepare for it. Build a better boat. You know, your boats shouldn't be so flimsy that when one bad thing happens, you're lost at sea. You know, <laughs> you're drowning. Yeah. As yeah. adults, as people, you know, we have to get better. And don't build these boats by yourself. Build them with family. Build them with um, uh, what was that? community. You know, build them with people, like-minded people around you. Build better boats to withstand these storms. Because once you learn how to do that, you and the thing is, once you learn how to do that and you see somebody who doesn't, they look like Barbara. Yeah, they, right. look like, they look like someone who has lost control of everything that matters. So they just hold on to the little bit that they think they can control and they lose out on life. Because another thing that they put so plainly here is we all only have so much time. And so the amount of time that you spend running or not confronting or, you know, not having that conversation with your brother, not, you know, confessing to your mom that you thought that that one thing that she did was really jacked up, not telling that one friend you lost 10 years ago that you missed them and you don't know why they stopped, you guys stopped talking, any of that kind of stuff, you know, um, we, we, the older you get, you just gain more scrapes and scratches and scars, but I'm grateful if you're listening to this, that you're still here, that you've gone through these storms, that you've uh, mastered these Titans and these giants. And like I said, they're going to keep coming, but you got to remember, as she said, we are stronger uh, than we seem because we get stronger with every battle. You just have to be willing to go through it. Um, and the longer you run, you, you, you almost dwarf yourself. You almost, you know, uh, plateau your power levels because you never face a, 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 a boss battle bigger than you, you know, you don't get no XP points. If you run away from everything that you're that you're not that you're supposed to actually go through so go through these things don't go through them alone um and be a little bit like barbara and the good parts <laughs> the ending <laughs> right 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 but i mean at the same time i think we all need to go through our journeys yes 100 percent, and you know, realize um, what these giants are right 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 i mean um we're not all we're not all ready to go from the beginning to the end. You yes. got to go through that journey. So yeah. let's not, but, um, it's not, a, it's, not a, ma- it's, a, it's a marathon. It's not right. a sprint. Right. And, um, just hopefully, hopefully you have those people in your corner that are helping you along that journey, you yeah. know, cause I mean, I don't think, I don't think she gets through this journey without Sophia, her sister, Miss Molay. So, you know, she had to do this on her own. I think it ends up way worse for her. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, in the simplistic seven issue kind of thing, we do a time jump and everything is Gucci, but it, it would have to be a process. You know, it would have to be a day by day process as she processes what's going on with her mom, as they have more conversations, as she becomes more accustomed to the idea of what's impending, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't happen overnight. That's why I like the two two biggest things I want to say is like, 
stuff like this doesn't happen overnight. Getting over trauma, getting over traumatic experiences, getting over hardships, obstacles, any of that kind of stuff doesn't happen overnight. But more importantly, it doesn't happen alone. And I'm not saying you need to have somebody hold your hand through everything that, that goes on, but people should know what's going on in your head and in your heart. You know, even if you're just telling them so you can let it out. Uh, sometimes I don't even know how ridiculous things sound until I said them out loud. Like, oh, the hammer's Polish. You know, it's like sometimes uh, you got to snap out of your own uh, land of make believe because I do think that to get through life, I think we've all put, we all have stories that we believe, you know? And um, reality is here, time is here. Life is the most beautiful, torturous, gratifying, miserable thing you'll ever do. <laughs> it is, it, it, it is, but you get to do it. And a lot of people don't get to do it. A lot of people don't get to do it for very long, you know? Um, and I just try to be mindful of that. And I don't say that to belittle anyone's journey or belittle anyone's struggle or hardship. I just say that I'm here. And if you're in the sound of my voice, I'm happy that you are too. Um, and we'll get through, man. We'll get through these freaking giants. One step at a time. One covalescent mm. at a time. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that is all I have on this beautiful, beautiful story. Like I said, I recommend the, the movie as well. I didn't dive into the movie because... For good, I was I was gonna say for good or for bad. For good, the movie is basically a shot for shot uh, adaptation real. of the for comic. Real. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so I I would I would implore those if you if you wanted to listen to this just to listen to it and you haven't seen the film, I would implore you to watch the film, read the book. I'm gonna be telling more people about it, and I will be mostly telling the people that I believe might be over, like we were talking about the cape stuff that that's been out and about. I really think it can resonate because, again, this is, in my opinion, comic books are always a human story. Whether you're dealing with aliens, right, or the healing factors or giants or any of that stuff, it still boils down to a human story and how we as humans uh, perceive things and how we walk through this life because there is no written manual for how to do this. Um, so anytime you can get a, 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 anytime you can get a snapshot of the human experience in a comic, anytime you're able to encapsulate the imperfectness of what, what life is, I'm, I'm on board. So this book, uh, I will be recommending it to many, many other people. Um, not entirely sure. I remember what we're doing next, <laughs> but we will be here next week. Uh, knock on vibranium. We're here each and every week as part of the major issues podcast. Uh, the Major Issues Podcast is the official podcast of Comic Book Click and ComicBookClick.com, which means that every single episode of the podcast is available at ComicBookClick.com. That's over 250 episodes, over over 500 hours of me talking about all this stuff available at ComicBookClick.com. If you go to that website, there's also two ways that you could help help us out monetarily. One is you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. And for as little as 10 cents a day, less than $3 a month, you can um, help us afford the hardware and the software that we need. We're constantly thinking about new content to put out. We're trying TikTok. We're, we're trying Twitch. Um, we're trying new avenues. We're trying to get to you guys. 
you know, you people out there who desperately need what the Major Issues Podcast has to offer, uh, but we need help getting there. So you can help us by joining our Patreon and giving us some money so we can afford the hardware and software, like I said again. You can consider buying some merchandise. If you go to comicbookclick.com and hit that shop uh, CBC button, it'll take you to our Tee Public store and we get a kickback of everything purchased there. Not just t-shirts, mugs, mouse pads, iPhone cases, it's all there. So consider getting some of that. We get a kickback from that. Or tell a friend to tell a friend. Talk to our, talk to your friends about the podcast. Put it on while you have people in the car. And when they ask you, like, yeah, it's a major podcast. Drops every single Wednesday. Um, we love what we do here, but we love talking to people who love this even more. So make sure that you are telling a friend to tell a friend. Make sure that you're rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't. Because I've been to the future where uh, we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. Like we have the building and everything. Everybody knows about us. We're absolutely famous but i can't tell you how we get there because it will mess up the timeline and next thing you know i kill giants 2 made by seven bucks productions starring dwayne drock johnson comes out and nobody oh wants to see that <laughs> nobody wants to see that so uh trust me when i say we do get there help us get there reach out to us at facebook.com slash comic book click instagram at comic book click use that hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest hottest latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media we're at major issue cbc on twitter we're at major issue cbc on twitch and every single one of these links is in the show description uh we'll be back next week to talk to tackle what you're gonna have to be here to find out but um before we get to the uh fancy outro Truly, truly, truly appreciate you coming in for this episode, B Roke. Um, uh, life has put us on two different ends on occasion, but whenever we're able to come and conference about this kind of stuff, I'm smiling ear to ear. This is this is what <laughs> we're made to do, bro. Hey, man, uh, always a pleasure to be on. Um, talking about this book, this like I said, guys, this is one of my favorite books, and honestly, like I'm, I'm exhausted from going through it again. This is, this is yeah, such- man. <laughs> this is just such it's it's such an emotional ride. Um, I've been through some some recent stuff myself, so having gone now getting to the end of this book, I'm just like, oh man, here we go again. Yeah. Um, but with that said, that also is a testament to the writer and these mm-hmm. creators. So, guys, if 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 you do take the time to read this book, or you just heard that you know the the man who made this book is also the reason why you probably love Deadpool. Read his Deadpool, read his I Kill Giants, and read everything he's done in between. He's, he's had Spider-Man runs. He has written, you may have heard of the story of Superman versus the Elite. Yes. That was, he He also wrote that. To me, that's one of, like, the top ten, maybe even top five Superman stories. I highly recommend. So, yeah, just do a do a search for Joe Kelly. The man has done a lot. And he probably, he's probably responsible for a lot more of your childhood than you realize. The man created Ben 10. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading so, that about him. I was like, I did not know that part. There okay. you go. So, and and tons of other stuff. Tons of he works with a group of people called Man of Action. So, okay. um, Man of Action is has produced a lot of things. So even if let's say he his name is not directly on it, if Man of Action has done work on it, he may have had some level of input on it. And they have done a lot of stuff. Like I yeah. think they even did one of these Spider Man cartoons. I forget which one. 
Oh, that's interesting. Um, so, so that's what I'm saying. Like the, the dude has had his hands in so many things, and he's such a humble guy. He's such he's a, a New Yorker, guy. right? He is a New Yorker. He lives on Long hey, Island. Hey, oh, hey. Hey, yeah, for real, for real. You got a pizza. Gotta, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, hey. I got to rep the. I got to rep the hometown heroes. Bro. There it is. There it is. Um, uh, and he's such a humble guy. Like you, you, you. I, I. Every time I see him, I give him all this praise, and he just like blushes and just shrug, shrugs it off, and and immediately turns it into a conversation about me. Hey, how's how's this going? How's this going? How's this going? And I'm like, yeah. God, I don't, you know. You know, I don't want to hear about. Talk, talk, we got to talk, Joe. You know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. So, guys, just just show the guy some love. Follow follow him on uh, Twitter or whatever, and 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 read his stuff because he he's a he's a great writer. He's a great writer. Yeah, we learned a lot from this book. But one thing you can learn from Joe Kelly by reading this book is if you're gonna make anything, put your all into it because. Even if it's discovered twenty years past when it was created, that stuff stays. All the the all the passion you put into anything that you do, it retains. People see it, they feel it, and that's the reason why books like this are gonna stand the test of time. But my name is George Serrano, aka the Don, and I am Alex, aka B Roke, and this is our I Kill Giants recap and review. And remember, whether you kill giants. Titans, behemoths, or leviathans are experiencing loss, grief, or just can't find your place in the world. Remember, you're a lot stronger than you think you are. Remember, we are the clique. And always remember that you, yes, you are worthy.